This episode of Stuck in the 80s has been brought to you by... Hey, you scratched my ankle! <laughs> the 80s Cruise. Find out more at the80scruise.com. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. <laughs> Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. What is it? Mogwai. What's he doing? Singing. He does that sometimes. You know what? What? I'll bet every kid in America would like to have one of these. Hmm. They might even replace the dog as the family pet. Hey, you're not still angry about that little blood test, are you? Here. Here, you go. You try some of this now. I know you've got to be hungry. Hmm? What are they doing? We're watching Snow White. And they love it. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And today, we celebrate the 30th anniversary of an unlikely Christmas classic... Gremlins. Having fun? Fun. Pretty neat, huh? And when it comes to my co-host, there are three rules you must follow. Number one, do not let him wear bright colors. Number two, don't let him drink too many gin gimlets. And number three, never ever podcast with him after midnight. It's Brad in L.A. Steve, a gin gimlet, that's, that's redundant. A gimlet is gin. And lime juice. A vodka gimlet is vodka. Well, gin gimlet is funnier to say <laughs> and, and, and equally difficult for me to say. You know you know what a weirdo I am about cocktails. Yeah, yeah. Well, what a weirdo I am. You know, just, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and you couldn't have told me that before. You see it in the notes. You know I'm going to make a gin gimlet. I know. Gimlet of note. course. I, I, have to, I had to leave it there. I, oh, I have to pounce on fun. it. So here it is. It, we, this is the Next t- you're going to offer me a gin martini, and then I'll really lose my <laughs> Hey, so here it is. It's the 10th year of Stuck in the 80s, and I don't think we've done a holiday podcast every year, but we usually do. Yeah, most of them. We've done the last couple, anyway. We've had at least a holiday-themed one, even if it wasn't. I mean, we've covered um, Christmas Vacation, I think. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? I think we covered Scrooged. Um, That was just last year, yeah. Why did you do that? Sometimes you have to slap them in the face just to get their attention. But uh, there's but there's one movie that we continually ignore, and maybe maybe it's not so much ignore it's forget, and that's uh, 1984's Gremlins. Yeah, I think people think of it as a summer movie because it was released in the summer, but it's set at Christmas. Right, right. So Gremlins was indeed released in June 1984. It's directed by Joe Dante who you might remember for also directing other family-friendly fair like Interspace and Explorers. Um, But the script itself comes from Chris Columbus, 
Um, obviously, you know him from Home Alone, Adventures in Babysitting, and yeah. he also directed a couple of the uh, Harry Potter movies. It, at least the first one, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, um, it goes without saying, it, the movie was produced by Steven Spielberg. Everything he touched turned to gold. <laughs> it did then, anyway. Yeah. And as you mentioned, it was not released close to Christmas, which would have made complete total sense. But it turns out that the film was rushed into production um, because Warner Brothers found out that it had nothing to throw up against uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Ghostbusters for the summer movie season. So hence yeah, – that, That's so disappointing to me because I just thought it was this really clever like, oh, we'll do a Christmas movie. We'll release it in the summer. And now it's like, oh, no, the bookkeeping told us we needed a big movie. OK, get that thing out there. Well, I think what happens a lot – like I don't think Elf, which is like considered to be I guess the new classic Christmas movie – I don't think that was a Christmas release. I think that was a summer release. Oh, I have no idea. I didn't see that until long after it was yeah. out. Yeah. So. I think that I think the the strategy these days sometimes with these holiday movies is that to release them early enough in the year so that by the time Christmas comes around they're on DVD. They've got a head of steam going. Yeah, so you can start selling, oh yeah, you know, Elf on DVD or Probably not so much since DVDs didn't really exist when Gremlins came around, but uh, that's true. In any case, uh, the plot, of course, as we all know from our reading, uh, follows a teenage boy. <laughs> you guys did do the homework, right? right? You've chapters, covered the assignment. Chapters three and four in the '80s manual. The plot uh, follows a teenage boy who's given a strange pet called a Mogwai. Um, in Chinese, Mogwai means devil, demon, or gremlin. What? Um, but he innocently forgets to follow the three important rules for his pet, whom he names what, Brad? Gizmo. Gizmo. Actually, the dad names him Gizmo, I think. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's named Gizmo. We're a little fuzzy on the details. We both watched this movie again for the first time in, what, 30 years? Yeah, it's probably the first time I've seen the whole (laughs) thing since then, yeah. Oh, my God. I had to break it into pieces to watch it. I could not not digest it all at once. Just like pizza. Um, Or maybe I just didn't want to. So, Brad, can you name the three rules for caring for a mogwai? Yeah, one is uh, make sure the rules are ridiculous and don't make any sense. Look, mister, there's three rules you've got to follow. Yeah, what kind of rules? Number two, no. (laughs) Okay, so don't get them wet. Right. Don't feed them after midnight. Yeah, and don't expose them to bright light. Right, which will kill them. As will it kill out. them. So the not to the, ruin the ending or anything. The don't get them wet <laughs> thing. I don't understand because, like, what if it's if the relative humidity is too high? You know, if you give them food that has a lot of water in it, like, can they eat Jello? Can they have watermelon? He can't. I mean, what if you're driving and you're going from the central time zone to the mountain time zone? Can is there a Suddenly, can you feed them because it's not midnight yet? It doesn't make any sense. The midnight thing, I thought the exact same thing as you. The exact same thing. I was like, wait a minute. Midnight when? Chinatown? I mean, what if, you know, it's daylight savings. Exactly. What if you move to Arizona? They don't do daylight savings. Yeah. That you have to have something for the movie to to drive the movie forward. And And the the whole water thing. You buy the ticket, take the ride. And the water. So what's it? It's not going to hydrate? How does it hydrate? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Milk? You give it milk? But doesn't milk have a lot of water in it, Steve? I don't know. I don't know. Could, do you have to give it, like, light beer? Hey, what is with you guys? How about shutting up for a change, okay? Oh, man. I don't know. So, anyway, there's the three rules. Of course, he screws up all three, and, and uh, mayhem ensues. I, I want to take a time out here and just say, 
I think this movie might be darker and have more deaths in it than Beverly Hills Cop, which is what we talked about last week. There's a fair number, and it's not really explicit, but you kind of assume people are dead, like the woman that gets launched out of the upper story of her house. I don't think she makes it. Yeah, well, the science teacher. Yeah, he's he gets he's killed. done. Yeah. Who else? What about the neighbor with the tractor? Do they kill him with the tractor? I'm, I'm assuming that. I mean, only seven people die in Beverly Hills Cop. Maybe maybe less than seven people die in Gremlins. Can we, can we count Phoebe Cates' dad? Oh. That is the weirdest moment in uh, what is a kind of a funny movie to start with. But I'm, I was watching this with my kids because, you know, they're around. They're out of school. And, around. And so Phoebe Cates is telling this story about her dad getting trapped in the chimney. And I'm just – I'm repressing laughter. I'm just dying laughing. And I'm waiting to see how my kids react. The worst thing that ever happened to me was on Christmas. God, it was so horrible. It was Christmas Eve. I was nine years old. Me and Mom were decorating the tree, waiting for Dad to come home from work. A couple hours went by. Dad wasn't home. His mom called the office. No answer. Christmas Day came and went, and still nothing. So the police began a search. Four or five days went by. Neither one of us could eat or sleep. Everything was falling apart. It was snowing outside. The house was freezing, so I went to try to light up the fire. And that's when I noticed the smell. Firemen came and broke through the chimney top. And me and Mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird. And instead, they pulled out my father. He was dressed in a Santa Claus suit. He'd been climbing down the chimney on Christmas Eve. His arms loaded with presents. He was going to surprise us. He slipped and broke his neck. Died instantly. That's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. And my son, after she finishes, he turns to me and he says, that is the stupidest way to die I can think of. And I just, I lost it. I was just laughing my head off. It's like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's pretty stupid. And I'm at the same time, I'm thinking, what? Where did he park the car? The cops couldn't find the car? He's at this his whole house. Movie, this whole movie is full of things that yeah, just make I you. I, it's just don't Don't think too hard about it. I know. Anyway, um, as it turns out, this movie was supposed to be a lot darker. Um, some earlier scenes that eventually got trimmed out involve uh, the gremlins eating Billy's dog. Um, the gremlins decapitating his mom and then throwing her head down the stairs. Whoa. <laughs> well, they, they rewrote that. I mean, his mom's a badass in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like, are you in my kitchen? Have a knife. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, in, in the end, they decided that, hey, we're, we're trying to make a, a family-friendly movie here, so they're... There'll be no eating of animals and and such, but uh, decapitating of mothers. Well, you mentioned Phoebe Cates. Let's talk about the the rest of the cast. Zach Galligan plays Billy. Um, it was his first movie. He had done some uh, after school specials, and he continued to act after Gremlins and Gremlins Two. But you could pretty much say he's never really 
you know, yeah. hit that level of success again. You can find him if you look around now. Or, um, yeah, he's done a lot of work, but yeah, nothing that's risen to, to that level yeah. of a lot of, lot of some horror movies he did. Um, his next biggest movie was probably Waxwork in 1988. That um, sounds like a bad horror movie, yeah. Yeah, it, well, it wasn't that bad. Okay. Oh, there were just not too many great 80s horror movies, let's face it. Is that the sound of angry emails I hear being <laughs> I written? Why, yes, it is. Let me have it. I, I just, well, first of all, I don't like horror movies. I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan, but I will try not to cast too much aspersion on them. I would say. The anger of 80s nation land on my email box. If there's if there's a golden age for any for horror movies, surely it's not the eighties. The eighties would have been the golden age of like teen movies. But I think this is a this is a good example of a kind of a comedy horror movie because it's got some funny stuff in it. It doesn't. It's not a straight horror movie, but it's got a lot of the monster movie kind of stuff in yeah. it. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters, right? Hundreds of them. Well, I'm not sure. Maybe thousands. Wow. <laughs> Look, I know it sounds crazy. I know it does. But in a matter of hours, this town is going to be turned into a major disaster area. Now you have got to warn people. I think this kid is drunk, Brent. No, you are, huh? <laughs> Galligan got the role, but he wasn't the only one considered. Uh, Judd Nelson and Emilio Estevez were both uh, considered for the part of Billy. Uh, Ultimately, what got him the job, as it turns out, was he had really good on-screen chemistry with Phoebe Cates. Who is all powerful in her mighty Phoebe-ness. Yeah, I love Phoebe. She's so cute. Oh, oh my gosh, God. she's so cute. I just wanna, oh, just she's, this is easily the cutest movie she'll ever do. She plays his love interest and co-worker. And as fate would have it, I mean, we all know that she's kind of retired from acting for the most part. She would only do four or five movies after Gremlins because she pretty much settled down to become the housefrau of uh, Kevin Kline. Mrs. Kevin Kline. I, I still don't picture that. You know, it's it's been a while. I guess it's working. I don't know. Well, it's been... Call, call me, Phoebe. Hi, Brad. You know how cute I always thought you were. They're celebrating 25 years. They got married in 1989, so... So the guy that I was surprised to see in this was Judge Reinhold. I'd forgotten he's in this, and he he's kind of there just to, to show you that Billy is kind of a schlub. And he's not. <laughs> but then he disappears in the movie. I kept expecting him to, you know, get off by gremlins or something. It never really happened. Yeah. If anybody should be decapitated and have his head rolled down the stairs, it should have been Judge Reinhold. Yeah, he plays, I think, the vice president of the bank. Hey, Kate, you haven't seen my new apartment. I haven't seen your old apartment. Come on, we're talking cable. See the only bad guy in the, is that the only time? Well, the woman, the, the woman, the town, uh, <coughs> yeah, the woman the, who pretty much owns the town and the Mrs. Tough. Potter of of Gremlins. Yeah, exactly. I am an old man. Most people hate me, but I don't like them either. So that makes it all even. So, uh, Corey Feldman's in there. He's got a little small role um, as Billy's friend Pete Hoyt Axton plays the dad. And man, he's, he's a scene stealer in this movie. And, and I don't mean that in a good way. I mean, there's these great scenes that end just perfectly. And then he's got to like step up and deliver two more cheese ball lines. <laughs> Say you're going to a meeting, Steve, and you <laughs> forgot to shave. Oh, God. Like, well, in that case, I probably don't deserve to get the deal. It would carry around this shoebox size thing that has a bunch of attachments on it. The bathroom buddy. What would happen? And so is he the prototype for Doc Brown? Yeah, I want to find out. What, I'm going to search. You know, I've never. I bet in today's high tech world of pleasure toys, if you search for bathroom <laughs> buddy on Google, bathroom, B U 
Nothing good can happen. Nothing. What happens? It it says searching for bottom buddy instead. (laughs) (laughs) Check please. It's eleven inches long with a curved handle. Oh no. Um, bathroom buddy. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Just I'm I'm not going to read all the entries. uh, in here, there is one entry that says, is your cat your bathroom buddy? That's interesting. Uh-huh. And then the Urban Dictionary has a bunch of interesting definitions. I, I bet it does. I bet it does. Uh, so Hoyt Axton was onto something. Um, and, and, of course, the voice of Gizmo comes from Howie Mandel. Crazy. Were you a fan of his at any point in his career? Uh, no, not really. I mean, okay, yeah, this you got a, you got a glove. It's blown up on your head. Hey, cool. <laughs> I kind of liked him on seeing elsewhere. Wayne. W-A-Y-N-E. Yeah, I'm an old friend of George's from college, but I haven't seen him in a long time. Moved to Columbia. Now, this can't wait till 85. Oh, yeah, you know what? I'd forgotten about that. He's, he's good on that. That's a, that's a show that nobody ever name checks anymore. But, but that, it, was, it was a good show. But uh, maybe there's a reason. Maybe I should go back and... I wonder if it's available. I bet it's available on Netflix. I'm almost sure it is. Mm. I should go back and watch it. I wonder if it doesn't hold up as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, these days, I mean, they crank out these medical drama shows so quickly nowadays that, you know... This is the one that ended with the kid in the snow globe, though, right? I think so, yes. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why people have put it on the show. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's important not to end things badly. It was one of his first screen credits, uh, Gremlins was. He had been doing some voice work for Muppet Babies. <laughs> oh, sure. You know, hey. um, and he did a couple other movies in the 80s, including A Fine Mess and Walk Like a Man, <laughs> which I, I guarantee you we will not be doing. <laughs> There'll be no like, 30th anniversary of Walk Like a Man. Bobo, do wolves mate for life? Yes. Wolves do. But forever and ever? Forever and ever and ever. So a- another little thing that I caught when I was watching it is the there's the radio DJ, Rockin' Ricky Rialto, and that's a uh, longtime L.A. DJ, Don Steele, who is also in um, Rock and Roll High School, which is just outside the boundaries of the 80s, sadly. Yeah, but I mean, we all I've, – I've thought about talking about that movie on the show. Oh, it's so funny. It's so, so bad. It's so dumb. It's so funny. I have it somewhere around here on, D- on DVD. Like, I think we got a – promotional copy back when i worked at the newspaper and i'm like I, I took it home and i was like ah this is great and i put it it still sits on my shelf and it's you know what i think i may have sold it at the before i moved into the two-bedroom apartment yeah. here i had a big garage sale and i sold like three quarters of my dvds i mean it's about that movie's about half of it is uh you know a ramones concert video yeah the other half of it is just hijinks it's it's bad and don't ever ever see this there's a sequel to it that I think has Corey Feldman in it, of all things. I oh wow, there's it's the, horrible, the Corey tie. horrible. So getting back to Gremlins, do you have a favorite scene from the movie? Uh, well, yeah, it's funny. The scenes that are like rooms full of Gremlins are so interesting to see now because you realize, like my son, as we're watching it again, he's like, the CGI on this is really weird, and I'm like, that's not CGI. Those are puppets. <laughs> There's like, you know, Frank Oz is working overtime underneath there. He's doing like three or four of those things at once. 
But the scene in the bar is so, or tavern or whatever the heck it is, is so bizarre that Phoebe Cates is behind the bar trying to serve them all. Like, wouldn't you leave? Yeah, yeah, that, that is pretty random. It doesn't. Is that just scene? a surreal scene? And there's like there's card game going on, and there's like the throwback to the old Humphrey Bogart m- movies where you know the one gremlin sitting there with the hat and. The other one comes over with the little girl puppet. It's just, it's surreal. Isn't that the same scene where the, where the gremlin flashes someone? It's working with the yes, trench coat. A gremlin, a gremlin flashes Phoebe Cates behind the bar. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, they're just throwing stuff in. Oh, this would be funny. Oh, hey, do this bit. Do yeah, this yeah. bit. I know, um, like you, my favorite scenes are, are ones that involve all the gremlins. Mine, though, is um, this scene involving the movie theater. Now that's entertainment for you. Absolutely. You know, it's got a, a real film projector in it. Steve. Yeah. You don't see those anymore. Special sound effects and everything. I, I can't remember the last time I actually. The unmistakable that. clatter of the Geneva mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you're still wearing your pants. <laughs> well, that's between me and the podcast. You know what else is between you and the podcast? The, the Seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Hey, you know the drill here. We will play a clip from a movie from the 80s. And if you get it right, um, Brad's going to read your name. But also you get entered into our drawing, our weekly drawing for a Stuck in the 80s bottle opener. Pay attention. Here's the clip from our last show. Tra-la-la-la-la. Oh, thanks, Dad. You're going to like this. What is it, a birdcage? Uh, yeah, that's Gremlins. Well, I didn't see that coming. I remember putting it in there going, well, I really hope we have time to actually record a Gremlins podcast because if not, that's just going to seem random. Well, you know. Some people got it wrong. Um, not everybody. Could, some people got it wrong. But as you can see from the list of names, a lot of people got it right. So. There's a lot of text here I have to read. Yeah. Take a breath and let's go. Okay. Okay. This week's winners include Paul and Indy, Angelic from Croatia, Jonathan Thompson, Craig from Cape Town, Bobby Rizzo, a.k.a. Latin Rascal. David, the fat guy in parachute pants, Banosh, not Belloc. Belloc. I immediately, I thought of... <laughs> Belloc. Belloc. Raiders. Uh, Eric and Alpharetta, Shazam from St. Louis, Julie Houchin, Ashley Arrington, Kurt Torster, Todd in Minnesota, Tim in Harrisburg, PA, Billy in Paducah, and Kevin Pipe Wench, who writes, Hello, Taggart and Rosewood. Got to listen to the podcast today. Once again, strong production, as I like it when you add all the extra sound bits to your witty banter. Like every other teenager, I went to see Beverly Hills Cop at the theater, but I really don't have many memories from the experience. I don't even know if I've watched it since. Sure, I know a lot of its famous lines, but it just never resonated with me for some strange reason. 
I just remember thinking that Lisa Albacher sure is cute. And guess how much time you spent talking about her on the podcast? None. Jeez. Eh, sorry. Noted. Lisa, hot. Moving on. Call me sad, but I probably watched Places in the Heart about three or four times on cable during 1984-1985. So, yeah, I can see that movie winning some awards. Heck, it was even John Malkovich's first movie and the first noticeable movie by Danny Glover. Also, it has a higher IMDb rating. Just barely. Just saying. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate the the corrections. Hand to God, I've never seen Places in the Heart. I couldn't even tell you what it's about. I think I have, because I do remember John Malkovich's character. Yeah. I know I've never written it up for the blog or anything. It never gets yeah. it. It's never on TV now. And to be honest with a name like that, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> it's, it's not for you, Steve. No, it's not no. for you. Give us a clip. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Seems like I, I haven't ever done anything all my life but raise kids and take care of this house. If you know it, email us at sit80s at gmail.com or steventhe80s at gmail.com or bradney80s at gmail.com. Uh, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Uh, same deals before. We'll play a snippet from a song from the 80s. If you get it right, uh, you're entered into the weekly contest to win the bottle opener. We only have uh, 45 left to go, so... <laughs> <laughs> don't worry if you don't win this week you've got plenty of chances still pay attention here's this week's mystery clip that's last christmas by wham I know this is one of your secretly favorite songs. I love this song. I love this song. It's fun. I'm not even sorry about it anymore. I just love it. I, of all the songs that come <laughs> it on, makes me smile. yeah, it's it's. There's nothing wrong with this song. I like this song. So I saw a thing this week on uh, the Onion AV Club. Somebody has slowed it down so it's like 35 minutes long, <laughs> and it's it's. <laughs> I know it's weird. Like who thinks of these things, but. It's this weird, like, ambient-sounding track. It's actually kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to, like, the first five minutes of it. I'm like, okay, seriously, I need to get on with my life here. But. That's that's totally random. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Anyways, read, I know you have about 50 winners here, so... Yeah, settle in for a long winter's nap, because here we go. Winners this week include Jonathan Thompson, Jeff and Chester, Padre Paul, Ken, Ken Ward, Is That Really You?, Sal from Stow, 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 Sal from Stow, sure. Rock the Good Egg, Kevin Eleven in Old Smar, Florida, Pinhead, Rob the Casbah Stroh, Rachel Coronado, the Bald Butt Family from Western Australia, Alex in San Jose, Marie Mueller, OJ from La Caruna, Spain, Howard in Fremont, Chris Connor, Scott in New Hampshire, Jason Mejak, Dr. Incognito, Colin in Spokane, Dave in Dublin, DJ in Clinton, and last but not least, Christian Lopez, who writes, I have no idea what the movie is, but the song is Last Christmas. I hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> that song is nothing but the memory of a small fender bender in a parking lot. This little old lady, had to be about 150 years old, is yelling at me, and the song is playing on the radio in her car. 
the accent was totally my fault. But ever since then, when I hear that song, it's an Estelle Getty wannabe with glasses the size of dinner plates telling me that at my age, I should pay closer attention to what I'm doing. Ugh. Well, sorry, Christian. You know, yeah. Last Christmas, I crashed your car. <laughs> uh, spin the wheel and find out who our lucky bottle opener winner is. Looks like Dr. Incognito. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so Dr. Incognito, if you're willing to be cognito for a minute or two, send us an address and we'll mail you out your bottle opener. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's our clip for this show. If you know it, you know the email address is by now, uh, sit80s at gmail.com, etc., etc., etc. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Cruise back to the 80s on the first ever 80s cruise. That's right. Seven days in the most radical party to ever hit the high seas with a totally awesome lineup of artists that define the sound of the decade. Join Huey Lewis in the News, Richard Marks, Starship, Cool in the Gang, A Flock of Seagulls, Modern English, Naked Eyes, Tiffany, Wang Chung, and Jesse's Girl, the ultimate 80s party band. And the original MTV VJs, Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, and Alan Hunter. As we cruise to exotic ports of core like Grand Turk, San Juan, St. Thomas, and the private island of Half Moon Key, don't forget to pack your best 80s looks because we're having a prom night, a movie costume party, pajama party, and neon beach party. You can't miss this. Sailing from February 28th through March 6th, 2016. For more information, log on to the80scruise.com or call 844 844- Three eight four eight zero eight zero. And we're back, and we have just a few minutes left, so I thought we would talk about maybe some things you did not know about the movie Gremlins. Uh, number one. We all know that Joe Dante uh, directed Gremlins, but he was not the first director considered. Tim Burton was actually uh, considered for the job. Interesting. By Spielberg. But uh, Spielberg decided against it at the last minute because Burton had never done a full-length feature film. So do you know when Dante and Spielberg had worked together before? Mm -hmm. Before this movie? No. Dante directed a segment of uh, the Twilight Zone. Oh, damn it. Yes. As soon as you started saying, I'm like, ah, it's the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yep. That's how I knew each other. Um, Number two, as you mentioned before, there was no CGI at the time of um, Gremlins. Well, there was, but it was like Tron levels. (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. Uh, So those uh, puppets were actually animatronic dolls, and they weren't cheap. They cost about, I bet. They cost about $50,000 a piece. Uh, That's crazy. I mean, there's a room full of them, too. I mean, in the theater, how many? Well, who knows? So anyway, they were so expensive, in fact, that um, every night when the uh, cast and production crew left, security would ask everyone to pop open their trunks just to make sure nobody was stealing a gremlin. Huh. So. That makes sense. I can't imagine that would really be a problem. Like yesterday, we had two hundred gremlins. Today, we have one ninety nine. Yeah. You know, you know, it's not like Johnny Cash one one piece at a time kind of. Yeah, thing. it's kind of weird. Number three, the set for Gremlins is a town called Kingston Falls. It's the same exact town. If you look closely, it's pretty obvious. Same exact yeah. town that they used for Back to the Future. 
both movies were filmed in that it's a back lot at Universal Studios. Um, yep, that's been burned down two or three times. Yeah, it's been burned down. That's the whole point. So, and then the movie theater scene that that I love so much. That's the same scene where that's the same theater where Marty McFly smashes the time machine into the front of it. Oh, nice! And that's the end of yeah. the first film. So, uh, and number four, we probably have not seen the last of Gremlins. Um, they did have a sequel, 1990s uh, Gremlins Two: The Next Batch. Did you ever see that? I didn't see. It. I I did not see it. No. I I want to. I've s- seen bits and pieces of it, but I haven't seen the whole. I, I want to say I saw it because for some reason it just sticks in my head. That, yeah, of course I saw it. But I couldn't t- – I went back and read the plot. I'm like, I don't remember a single thing. There is talk, though, that there's a new uh, reboot coming. Um, Warner Brothers has put uh, Gremlins on their uh, schedule for a remake. Um, it was reported earlier this year. I don't know. That that's I'm not a- feeling it. No. Yeah. I mean, if there's any charm to this movie, it's the charm of it being kind of old-fashioned. You know? Yeah, the, the puppets. I mean, unless you do it again yeah. with the puppets – I don't want to see a CGI gremlin. Yeah. I mean, there's a million things you could fix about this movie. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But does it have the name recognition? I mean, really? I, the, in my mind, you do a reboot when you got some value left in the name. Right. I, yeah. I mean, th- this made like $150 million on a $15 million budget. So there's got to be, you know, some, you wonder if some of it's just like, well, gosh, the last time we made this, it made, you know, 10x budget at the box office. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it seems unlikely. But you know what? There's a long list of 80s franchises that are, you know, quote unquote up for remakes. And a lot of times yeah. it's, it's just, it's just Hollywood flim flam. You know, it's the way Hollywood works. I mean, someone's going to well, make yeah. some money to write a script that for a movie that they know will probably never get made. Yeah, that's what we call, you know, production hell. <laughs> or develop I'm sorry, development hell development is what we call that. I don't know if yeah. I could deal with that. I don't know if I could I don't know if it's a weird business, let's face it. Yeah. I mean as much as I would love to be a screenwriter, I don't know that I could deal with the constant, you know, goofiness. Yeah. Well and the thanks for this great work, we're gonna have four people rewrite it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. None of whom want none of whom want to claim credit for it. Right. Know, type thing. And and you know, maybe hopefully it won't go straight to video. So I don't get it. So, so anyway, that's our uh, Gremlins podcast. You can, now you can see why we waited ten years to do it. <laughs> you know, it's it's. Is it a great Christmas movie? Eh, no, I wouldn't say that. It's fun though. It's it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, do you have a traditional movie? I mean, do you do you buy into the whole movie marathons at Christmas time? Do you turn on like you know? I mean, they'll be showing twenty four hours of Christmas Story and twenty four hours of Christmas Vacation. Well. I have a copy of Christmas Story, so we'll watch that at some point. I got to tell you, you mentioned it earlier, I really like Elf. It's just nice to meet another human who shares my affinity for Elf culture. And it may just be the first time I saw it, I just, I needed to laugh. (laughs) It was just kind of a weird time. It's not Christmas until Buddy the Elf gets hit by a cab. (laughs) I laugh so hard every time that happens. It was actually on TV last night. Um, It was on ABC Family Network, which... Oh, don't, don't watch movies on ABC Family. Why? Because they just edit the hell out of them. Oh, the commercials are like 10 times longer than they need to be, too. But for some reason, but it was on. And so I'm like, you're not going to not watch Elf if it's on. So I'm sitting there. So, of course, you know, Saturday night in the Spears Lair, what, what else would I be doing besides watching ABC Family? Oh. So I was drinking whiskey as I. What as makes I, Brad cry? <laughs> I'm drinking whiskey, you know, as, as I've been known to do, and, and watching Elf. And I remember the end coming. And I start, I'm like, it was just like what makes Spearsy cry. I'm like, 
<laughs> it's awful. I've, did you start singing? Uh, did you start singing? You better watch better out. Watch out. Not crying. <laughs> you're not singing. You're just mouthing along. I'm I'm the king of mouthing along and stuff like that too. Ugh. Mrs. Claus made it for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, wherever you're, whatever you're doing for the holidays, um, stay safe. Travel safely. Brad and I still have one little stocking stuffer to work on after this show's done. So don't give up on us completely after 2014. We might surprise you. Yeah. Maybe in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) But in the meantime, we'll turn our attentions to 2015. I I, I feel pretty good about 2015. I think this is going to be my year. Although 2016 (laughs) has the 80s cruise. You never know. You You never know. You could go two for two. I would settle. I would settle for just twelve months where I'm not hospitalized with a life-threatening illness. I would very much like that too, Mister Spears. <laughs> Please take care of yourself. Okay. Well, until then, bye, bye, Billy, uh, Brad, myself, and the Mogwai. We remain here, hopelessly stuck in the eighties. Yes. Uh, he has something to say uh, to you. You mean you understand what he says when he speaks to you? To hear, one has only to listen. Perhaps someday you may be ready. Until then, Mokwai will be waiting. Stuck in the 80s is a class of 85 production. Please listen responsibly.